Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Hello and welcome to our World Cup podcast back home with me, Paul Hawksby. And me, Andy Jacobs. And on the final day, at last, four consecutive matches, we reflect on two back-to-back barnstormers. Great word. Both of which I gave up on, typically I did. A laboured victory for the tournament favourites and Cristiano Ronaldo channeling Alan Smith at Anfield in 1989. Plus, we're joined by King of Overnights and Sport on TV guru Martin Kellner. South American expert John Cottrell, and we'll discover why the boss of a cleaning company is out to snare Jack Grealish. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yes, it's been another busy day in the World Cup. And um, Andy, I mean, I think we're to start. We're going to have a good chat about that final game with John Cottrell later on. I know Martin's going to look at the TV coverage, but what have you noticed from today? We should start off by saying two brilliant games to, to kick off the 10 o'clock and one o'clock, but in both cases, you gave them up as dead losses when one team went ahead. Okay, well, it doesn't take because I hate it so much. It doesn't take much for me to give it up. I was so bored with all this football. I just, I, I found about twenty <laughs> just on TikTok. I can't concentrate on it. It's just I don't know what it is. It's just not doing it for me at all. I gave up at three-one, and I was watching last night's NFL Red Zone. It was quite good actually, and. Uh, my son arrived in South Korea just in time for them to go one nil down, but uh, they got back into it. That was a good game. And then uh, the second game, what was that one? I missed that one as well, didn't I? Oh, yes. Second, that was South Korea was the second game. The first game was Cameroon, Serbia, the three all draw. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I gave up on that one <laughs> as great, well. Isn't it? You tell me about it. It was that. Well, I can tell you whatever you did. You see, Anana was dropped. The goalkeeper was uh, dropped by yeah. Rigobert Song. And he said he wanted a more traditional goalkeeping performance. And I couldn't quite see what he was getting at. But uh, I looked into it. And apparently, in the last game, he had 26 touches outside the box. Ah, the goalkeeper. That's not which good. Which is a record for the World Cup. Yeah. So uh, maybe he was right. I don't know. But yeah. uh, there was a lovely moment where Kostic, the player Kostic, was called by the commentator, Krostic. <laughs> which got a bit, uh, a bit subliminal for me. I immediately went online to um, <laughs> uh, to Amazon 
Yeah. And I bought a craft kit and I'm halfway through an embroidery of Alexander Mitrovich. It's going quite <laughs> well at the moment. Lovely. So. I bet that's really that's nice. how advertising works, isn't it? And uh, we're well, talking mispronouncing. Ali McCoy's are having a real problem with Betancourt tonight. He was calling him Beckentor yeah. and all sorts of things. <laughs> I did notice that he was uh, struggling a little bit, yeah. Um, Andy Smart, have you seen the real winner from the Cameroon-Serbia game was Andy Smart. Oh, uh, yeah, He has this. a little bet uh, normally. Yeah. On, uh, I'll tell you what he said. He sent out a tweet earlier on. Yeah, I know more thing. about what's going on in Twitter and TikTok than I do the football because I'm so bored that I just end up looking at that. So I know about Andy Smarts. Oh, you know tweet. about Andy Smart? Well the, well, the listeners don't. I'm not, basically, this isn't a private conversation. So for those <laughs> that don't know, uh, let me tell you. Uh, every World Cup or Euro, says Andy Smart, ball runner, comedy store player, Farnborough fan, who was with us earlier in the week, I put two pounds on every game to be three all. That's the first one up at 90 to one. Amazing, isn't it? Quite an interesting system, isn't it? I don't know. Well, um, we had Dragan Stojkovic uh, today saying that old phrase that referees, sorry, managers always say, which is it was no disgrace. Uh, There was no shame in losing to Brazil. You often think, well, what is a disgrace? And what is shame? You know, (laughs) at what point do you decide? You also could have made a good tabloid journalist because he said in the press conference, head of the game against Cameroon, he said, I hope we win and tame the Lions. I thought, Blimey, speaking like a tabloid journal is fantastic. <laughs> but it was a it was a decent old game, actually. It's three all very, very exciting match. I mean, I don't know where it came from. You wouldn't have found that from the opening stages of the first half. So that was good. Yeah, South as soon Korea, as I started watching it, then there was no more goals. Yeah. <laughs> it's typical. Both games, I missed both games. And then I watched 45 minutes of Brazil and Switzerland. I thought, God, this is so boring. I'm not watching this more of that. At least, at least that wasn't a five five draw at the end of it. No, we'll come on to that a little bit later on. Um, I don't know if you noticed, to end, you probably wouldn't have done if you didn't see the start of it. South Korea, Ghana. One of the South Korean players during the anthem was saluting, military salute. But I suppose they've all done national service. So effectively, all of them, all of them could have saluted if they'd wanted to. <laughs> you see the, the footage of the Ghana players turning up for the game. Well, like yeah, singing and playing that, yeah. drums. That was, that was good. It'd be great if all teams did that in the Premier League. Maybe that would uh, take off. <laughs> I, I, I like the Korean keeper though because he's my. I always like goalkeepers that are my height, so I quite <laughs> like that. <laughs> but honestly, the handball now is just so confusing. Kalina, Ifab, and Ellery—they've ruined football. I've just had a friend of mine who loves football. He texted me and said, the, "He said that classic thing: the game's gone." But he's got a point. I mean, that one tonight—I I just don't know what they're doing. That is never a penalty in a million years. That's just pathetic bloke fell over and it landed on the ball. How's that a penalty? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, Mr. VAR, uh, Dale Johnson, uh, immediately, the man we often speak to from ESPN, he immediately took to uh, Twitter to say, that is not a penalty. Uh, and it's literally in the IFAB directory of what isn't a penalty. It can only be a penalty if it's a deliberate act. And he sent an image that IFAB, the rulemakers, had sent out to everybody <laughs> saying exactly why that isn't a penalty. So that ref... And that VAR, they're going to be on their way home tomorrow, I would imagine. Almost. They will. Peter Fence-Sitter, though, still managed to see both sides. He's fantastic, isn't he? <laughs> he, God. He, always gives, <laughs> he always gives a definitive take on, uh, on what's gone on. So, uh, um, yes, of course, we had another refereeing moment earlier on. We, we saw a Cristiano Ronaldo channeling Alan Smith. We also saw a bit of a Clive Thomas moment from Anthony Taylor. Uh, yeah. Not letting South Korea take their corner at three-two down, right at the end of the game. I mean, it was running into eleven minutes when it was only ten minutes 
injury time, but I, I, I wound it back out of interest. And there was about 25 seconds of the ball just being played around in midfield. He had loads of opportunities to blow the whistle after 10 minutes at that point. And he waits until they have a shot that's deflected and they get a corner. <laughs> I mean, how many referees do we know have said to us as a referee, you know, don't make things difficult for yourself. Don't create problems for yourself. And that's effectively what he did there, wasn't it? It was mad. Yeah. And he, you know, he's, he's, they're going to have Ronnie's case and they're going to have a statue in, uh, in Accra, isn't he? I would imagine they'll lay it on for him. Definitely. Yeah, the thing is, well, two things really straight with that. Number one, I don't know how you can bear to watch 25 more seconds than you had to. And <laughs> Anthony Taylor, there was a massive people going, oh, it's Clive Thompson. It's not really Clive Thompson. The big difference with Clive Thompson is they scored. Zico scored, didn't yeah. he? So, you know, he, he allowed the corner and he blew in mid mid-air, which was worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it wasn't Much as worse. bad as Clive Thomas, no. but it was a British referee getting involved in something he probably but, needed to have done, really. We all know he's not very good. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not you still want a Clive... Sorry, you still want an Anthony Taylor shirt? You want Adrian to bring you one back? Oh, Definitely. yes, please. Yeah, I'm looking okay, forward we'll to it. Okay, we'll make sure yeah. that happens. And uh, have you seen the Chinese TV? Oh, fantastic. They're ridiculous. Mm. They've cut. They now cut the crowds out of the coverage because people back in China were thinking... Oh, hello. What else come the rest of the world seems to have got over COVID? Yeah. You know, and no one's wearing a mask. Yeah. And we're, and we're still locked down. So, so that's what they do. They, and I've seen the coverage. They basically just cut to wide shots. And also, it must be, they're on a 35 second delay. So it must be an editing nightmare. I mean, just to do that. What's the point? I mean, so are they, you quite where, do they think the, where do they think the crowd noise is coming from? Like, they must think their people are really stupid. They're sitting at home thinking, oh, yes, this is an empty stadium. It's ludicrous. Are you, uh, you're quite shocked. They have quite a lot of censorship in China, Andy. Is it just, <laughs> is it just dawned on you? Yeah, it's just got, just got to me. I just... um, some bad news for Aaron Adrian Durham. I see at the weekend his team, um, Peterborough, were knocked out of the FA Cup. Uh, I didn't realise... As we will be in January. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got Manchester City, haven't you? we got Portsmouth at home, the Dale... The, sorry, the Dane Scarlet Derby. But, um, yeah, Adrian's team knocked out while he's over in Qatar by Shrewsbury. And I didn't realise that Shrewsbury now play at the Montgomery Waters Meadow. Oh, which, what a which, fine Which could easily be the name of their centre-forward. They're rather <laughs> posh centre-forward. Yeah, who knew? I knew, I, I knew it wasn't Gay Meadow anymore, but no, I knew, I knew it was Mon this. Montgomery Waters Meadow. Uh, today's uh, B in Sports lineup uh, joining Andy and Richard were Peter Reed, Roy Chubby Brown, and Jim Davis. <laughs> no, no, no. Leanne Sanderson was with them tonight. So you've got, to, you've got to cut them some slack. Maybe you got the early shift where Chubby <laughs> yeah. was on. Okay, uh, and, uh, and oh, that Jim. allows Keezy to, to boast that it is the most well, diverse. That's well, fantastic. I, I, well done. I, just, I saw the pictures as Leanne tweeting out the pictures uh, earlier on. Um, also, the Brazilian national anthem, it's, when you hear it before a game, it's it is iconic. It makes you think of the World Cup. I'm still very much missing the Italian one, which is also is known as Rom Pompi Pom. That's the official title of the Italian one. <laughs> and it struck me that Switzerland have been in practically every World Cup that I can remember in recent years. But I wouldn't know their, would you know their anthem? No, I mean, could no. you hum it for me now? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> definitely not. We hear it every World Cup. But we haven't got a clue what it is. It's uh, very, very strange. The lights dimmed during that game. I thought well, that's a, that's bad news for Qatar energy. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's so true. I'm... That is very true. Um, but... Anything else you noticed? Um, oh, FIFA. 
Has there, there ever been a more stupid, idiotic organisation in the history of the universe? Did you read what they made the German coach and captain do? No. What they did, they decided they couldn't have a press conference where they're staying. Even though there's a media, perfectly good media centre there, they made them travel 210 kilometres to a press conference in Doha from where they're staying. It's a three-hour drive for the bloke to answer you know, ridiculous question. You know what wow. these press conferences are like. And the, he, the manager decided not to make the players go because he thought it would be bad for them. You know, he's right. Obviously, they don't want to sit in a car for three hours. But he had to go. Oh, they, they, they're pathetic, aren't they? I mean, you know, there's something wrong with them. Why would you do that? I don't know, caller. But thank you, thank you for letting us know. Um, yes. John, John Terry and Wayne Bridge uh, apparently are staying at the same hotel. They're about to stay at the same hotel. In there's your sick there's your sick compiler it's very awkward <laughs> if you want to write a show for the next edinburgh festival yeah. that's a possible um john terry's there working for being sports if you know, I know. Uh, wayne bridge is there as a fifa legend yeah not is sure, <laughs> sure <laughs> really? that, i mean a, a fine player but i'm not, not sure who it uh, you don't <laughs> often think pele maradona eusebio bridge <laughs> they're not the first four names that come to mind are they particularly so definitely anyway, not um, and I guess I'll tell you a bit about uh, the lady who's uh, she's after Jack Grealish. Oh, yeah, do tell. Yeah, yeah she was in today's son. Her name's Carly Knight. She's been out to snare a footballer for the last 12 oh, years. Yes. She spent <laughs> a staggering, called it the son, £85,000 on expensive clothes, handbags, Botox, fillers, fake tan. And she's out to snag a footballer. Uh, she's got her eye on Jack Grealish. He's 12 years younger than her but um <laughs> she's still going to work at it now so that's what she's uh, set her mind to so uh, obviously we wish her well but uh, <laughs> it's uh, going to happen is it partner's going to say about that she won't be massively impressed and i was a bit worried yesterday having spoken about just fontaine yesterday that i got it wrong and he was no longer with us thankfully he is but i, I talk about the power of advertising i put it into um google and i got just eat I soon forgotten, eh? Just eat, as it's... Did somebody When say. they score 13 goals in a World Cup final, <laughs> the people that just eat, then they've got something to crow about. Anyway, hey, oh, uh, well, we should, should tell you something about the the noise levels when Lionel Messi scored. This is good, you like this. Hmm. It, this is what they said in the stuff. It could, leave, could have left fans deaf because the noise they made celebrating was the same as a jumbo jet. Uh, it was 115 decibels when he scored a wonderful goal. And uh, that has the same impact as standing next to a jet engine and could cause irreversible damage. But it won't, will it? Has anybody it ever gone to a football match and got irreversible hearing loss? No. So. Anyway, uh, we should press on. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Well, we've seen uh, Brazil and Uruguay in action today, so we thought it high time we had a bit of a South American chat. We're going to do that just now with South American expert and author of Anatomy of a Football Scout, an in-depth look at player recruitment, and uh, Newcastle fans should be thankful to him, which is something we'll touch on, uh, amongst other things, in a moment. John Cottrell joins us from São Paulo. Good afternoon, John. Yeah, hello. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah good. not too bad. Again, I keep saying good afternoon because that's when we're normally on and when I'm normally speaking to guests. So my timing's all over the place. But hello, I'm going to go with a, a blanket hello. So let's start with Brazil um, this evening. It was a bit of a laboured performance. They got, they got the job done, but uh, I don't think we've quite seen the best of them yet. Yeah, it's twice now, isn't it, really? It's the same thing against Serbia. You know, Serbia kind of kept plugging away and Brazil just about did enough at the end of convincing them against Serbia. And I think the same thing here this afternoon against uh, Switzerland as well, really. Because uh, they took a long time, Brazil, as you just said, you know, to really, really get going. One kind of half chance in the first half. They didn't really, really create. Switzerland did well. They kept Brazil at bay. They really sorted out in the midfield. They were very, very organised and then that late Casimiro goal on the 82nd minute. And it was a deflected goal as well. It was a great shot, no doubt about it. But Akanji, I think, it came off him. Whether or not it would have gone in, I think most people are saying, yeah, it's a stunner mm. from Casimiro. I don't think so. I think mm. it was a, a slice of luck. But, you know, you make your own luck to some degree. So, yeah, it was a bit laboured. But they, you know, they did the job again. And you look at the, the table, two wins, no goals conceded. So it's going well if not brilliantly for the Selly South so far. Tim Vickery is always fond of telling us how much the result matters to Brazil. It's all about winning. And it's uh, that's slightly disappointing, isn't it? Because you expect it's been a bit of a time since they've had a really attractive team. But, you know, you come to a World Cup, you want them to be Brazil. You want them to play like a Brazil team. And I don't, I'm not sure this team has done so far. Yeah, this is the thing about Brazilian football. I think there's a kind of mystique and magic when you don't live in Brazil and South America, but the Brazilian side. Um, so the expectations are always really, really high. Uh, you know, for me on paper, I think this is the best squad. I'd probably say the best squad ever in terms of the technical ability all round in just about every single position and also the physicality. 
And for me, they kind they are as a better squad. They're better than the eighty-two squad. They might not have all the individuals, but as a, as a squad as a whole, they think they're better. The problem is Brazilian football has been conservative for a very, very, very long time. But outside Brazil, the image is it's the football archie, you know, the football art, and they're going to do this, and they're going to waltz around, and they're going to be stepovers, and there's going to be Zico-type goals. I'm afraid the reality is that. Brazil nowadays, and they have been for a long time, are more conservative in the way they approach things, more methodical, more organised, they get the job done. But if you want really, really fantastic football, it might not be from Brazil, even though they have the individuals to do it. Hmm. Did you think they missed Neymar tonight, John? Uh, no, I mean, they're always going to... Somebody like Neymar, you're always going to miss him, I think. But they have so much quality in depth so he was missing for me Neymar was kind of tinkering on the edges against Serbia I know he was in goal involved in the first goal but he kind of tinkers around a bit so yeah anybody's going to miss Neymar I think but they have this squad there are so many replacements it was interesting to see that Fredji started he wasn't the Neymar replacement because the they pushed Packet up forward and Danilo was injured as well, but they chose Edda Militao, who was a centre-back. They don't want to risk Danny Alves. Danny Alves might get a run out for a few minutes in the final game, but Brazil really still have to win it to ensure they finish in first spot. Has the man got... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, John. I thought you'd finished. No worries. Has the, uh, has the manager not seen Arsenal play this season? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, there's, there's the, the connection, of course, with Chichi and the Arsenal, uh, the, the, the manager and the directors. There. So they go back a long, long way. Chichi's got his favourites. You know, for me and for many Brazilians, the inclusion of Danny Alves in the squad was just unbelievable. I've seen him play a lot for Sao Paulo in recent years. He did absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's done nothing in Mexico. He's a player um, still out there, still getting money and stuff, but he's done absolute nothing for years and years and years i know the the argument is okay he's got tons of experience why not make him part of the coaching staff why not make him part of that team instead of wasting a slot in the squad a uh, quick word on uruguay then uh, had a couple of chances tonight the maxi gomez shot that hit the post when bentacor went through mm. they were sawn off by a ridiculous penalty but i mean what did you make overall their performance john Never really got going, did they, Uruguay? You know, they, this is one of the problems against South American football to some degree. It's a bit of a kind of a, a general statement, but it can be reactive. So I think Uruguay seemed to be okay at nil-nil. I hope they get something. You know, they had that great dribble. Betancourt got through fairly early on in the first half. A little dribble, and then uh, it was a great stop from the Portuguese keeper. But really up front, they didn't get going at all, did the Uruguay? And the, and the penalty was absolutely outrageous as well. Uh, Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes could have had a hat-trick for Portugal. Uh, but yeah, it was a bit disappointing. They were better, Portugal, when Hascaeta and uh, Pelestri came on. Much better. They showed a bit more about it. And Suarez came off the bench as well. With 70 minutes gone, he had that chance. But he kind of yeah. scuffed the shot and side-netting. So it could have been different. It really could have. But Portugal, um, Uruguay, sorry, haven't scored a goal yet. Mm. You know, they're in trouble. They're in big, big trouble. They've got to beat Ghana on the final day. Hope South Korea don't, don't beat Portugal. But Uruguay really just on the edge of crashing out. Whereas well, Ecuador in good shape, aren't they? I mean, they're probably, they can probably get the job done tomorrow. They are, you know, getting the goals. That's the thing about Ecuador. They've been uh, piling their way through. And it's interesting because they finished, as the qualifiers, they finished in fourth place 
um, I reckon 19 points behind Brazil. And then Uruguay finished just above uh, Ecuador as well. But it's Ecuador who, they've been the surprise package, haven't they, really, for the South Americans. They look like the ones that they could be going through to the next phase as well. So, yeah, they've been doing the business. And, and as it funny, as in your book, you, you do a bit of scouting, of course. And Bruno Gimaresh was one of the players that you recommended to a Premier League club. So Newcastle fans should thank you for that. But um, uh, there's been a lot of talk about Enzo Fernandez since he scored that goal for Argentina the other night, the second goal in that match. He's at Benfica. I wonder if he's one of those. He's only been there a short time. I think he was at River Plate, wasn't he? So... I wonder if he's one who'll spend another year in Portugal and move on. I think Liverpool are really interested. They're hoping the Darwin Nunes connection, apparently they, they know each other. They're hoping that might be, they might be able to pull something off there. Yeah, it's always, uh, when someone does a good goal, scores a great goal in the World Cup, um, they're always going to get attention. For me, it's a fantastic goal. It really was a superb strike uh, for Argentina's second goal. But it was all in Brazil, and I think around the world to some degree, it was all Hichalison for the past few days. Is Charleston this? Is Charleston that? I know his followers on Twitter, Instagram just skyrocketed. Uh, for me, in the first half against Serbia, he didn't do anything, but then he came up with his two goals. Miscontrolled the second one, but produced that fantastic finish. Didn't really do anything against uh, Switzerland today as well. So I think, you know, you score a goal on the world's biggest stage, everybody's going to be talking about the possibilities of this player moving on to some other club, I think. But yeah, it was a great strike. And he's got a, he has a great talent. There's no doubt about it. And I think now the great thing is that the Premier League are hovering up these kind of players who in the past, like Vinny Junior. And Halbergenia uh, went straight to Real Madrid. And I'm hoping now the South American market, as it is because of Brexit, has made things a lot easier for Premier League clubs or even championship size to sign South Americans. Good stuff, John. Look, good to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. Thanks very much. You too. Thank you. It's a pleasure. There we are, South American expert. I think it's a book, Anatomy of a Football Scout, an in depth look at player recruitment. That was John Cottrell. Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talksport. Well, we turn now to the TV coverage, amongst other things uh, of the tournament so far. And there's only one man we can really turn to. He joins <laughs> us every Friday on the show with his uh, weekly roundup of sport on TV. And that, of course, is squad number nine, Martin Kellner. Hello, Martin. Hello, boys. Lovely to see you. Well, it's lovely to be on. Um, it's been bizarre, really, because in the run-up to the World Cup, watching all these documentaries about how it shouldn't be in Qatar and how much corruption there is and the great morass of Sepp Blatterism, etc., uh, etc., et I watched all the FIFA Uncovered, which you recommended on, on Netflix, mm. and then Kickback on uh, Amazon Prime, which is all about the uh, the brilliance of late uh, Andrew Jennings, you know, the yes, investigative yeah. journalist. Oh, brilliant, yeah. A fantastic uh, documentary. Watched all that, thought, you know, it's leaving a very bad taste, this uh, World Cup in Qatar. But then there's four matches a day. And this, you know, from 9.15 in the morning, <laughs> you can watch. And it's like, you know, it's like Christmas when you're a kid and there's TV on in the morning. I mean, missing those days, it was mostly Mike Reed going around to children's hospital. <laughs> but here... 
It's brilliant. <laughs> You've got football at 10 o'clock in the morning, another match at one, another match at four. Yeah. Um, and today was an absolute uh, delight. It was just brilliant. The, I don't you know, think Andy shares your enthusiasm for four no, games I know. a day. I, I, I listened to you in a previous <laughs> podcast. <Yeah. laughs> but um, I loved it today. I thought it was fantastic. I, tell you, I mean, there were various... Ends. I thought uh, Seb Hutchinson, who was uh, commentating on the uh, on the Cameroon-Serbia match, mm. came up with with a really good, you know, when, when we got the great Cameroon comeback and they got that uh, third goal to, uh, you know, to, to come level with uh, Serbia. Mm. He said, indomitable indeed. And I thought that was ra rather a brilliant line, yeah. you know, because they yeah. call themselves the indomitable lions. Um, and the, the other thing I enjoyed about the Cameroon match was when all the, the whole bench... Uh, gone on the pitch and they all celebrated together on the pitch, which clearly uh, the ref was um, was not pleased with and was trying to push it, get them off the pitch. And uh, he booked the last one. So he didn't book all the others. He just booked one one substitute. And I thought it's rather like when you're at school and you're all throwing snowballs. And yeah. the teacher just catches one of you. Yeah. You know, the only others run away. Teacher yeah. catches one of you. It was a wee bit like that, but two uh, two matches hugely enjoyed. You must have enjoyed today's football. Man. Yeah, the two first well, games. <clears> no, I did because uh, basically I started watching it. It was 3 1 to Serbia. So I thought, well, I can't be bothered with this. I'm, yeah. I've got well, to well, all the pundits said exactly the same yeah. thing, but, mm. you know. And uh, yeah, and, uh, the second one, I did the same thing. I just thought it was all over probably. Yeah. well that's a mistake you see but, but i did uh, watch the second two which was stinkers Thanks. yeah <laughs> not great not great yeah. and a lot of the best football i think has been in, in the early matches you know and i've really really enjoyed that i mean you enjoy the yeah i suppose the uh the novelty of watching uh, tv during the day and i mean you, with four matches you can pick and choose mm. you've clearly uh andy picked and chosen uh, the wrong Rob, ones i just think that a winter world cup the, the beauty of a summer world cup yeah. is it, it, it's there when there's no other football there's no football for a few weeks before there's no football afterwards and it's a real joy to have that extra bit of football this is right in the middle of the football season and it's just like even more football heaped upon football. Is that enough football? Thanks, I get the idea. You know, That's David it's, Mitchell. It's too much. It's too, it is too, it, it's if just, the quality was great, then I'd say fine. But there are so many games where the first, this is the World Cup of second halves. You might as well not bother with the first half. If yeah, well, I heard you say the other day. I mean, in actual fact, if you wanted, if, if you really want to stick strictly to what you're saying, you only need to tune in sort of five minutes from the end and then you get that. <laughs> 10 minutes extra time and I'm, I'm really loving yeah. the 10 minutes extra time because uh, if you if we were to translate that to uh, uh, Premier League football uh, that would give you a nice window for getting away from the London Stadium and getting to you know it would it would stagger the uh, the queue the, the trudge to uh, Stratford Tube Station so it's true. Uh, it's a, yeah. it will happen yeah. don't worry as soon as the Premier League comes back games will yeah. be 100 minutes yeah. Oh, Who's winning, Martin, Absolutely. between ITV and BBC, would you say, at the moment? ITV, ITV, 100% ITV. Wow. Okay. Uh, the reason being that if you look at the opening titles, Around the World in 80 Days, the theme from that fantastic film with David mm. Niven, yeah. uh, which is ITV's theme tune with the, uh, you know, with the animations and everything. Mm, yeah. Brilliant. I'm, I'm going around all day humming... Also, how could the BBC do the third round draw 
whilst that game was on tonight. I think that's pathetic. What's yeah. wrong with them? They had mm-hmm. lots of other opportunities. They could have done it within their own programme. Why Why do it as a spoiler when all football fans who like, not me because we drew Manchester City, but, <laughs> yeah. but most people like the third round draw. It's a big part of the year. Look forward to the F first round, you know, third round of the FA Cup. Yeah. They stick it there. So, Paul. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going out of here all the way. Um, I, I know you don't like to praise your colleagues too much, but um, Ali McCoyst, I think, is uh, is excellent, highly yeah. entertaining uh, as an uh, as an analyst. I would personally, I would have him as my main, you know, the main guy. I think they're using is Lee Dixon. I think mostly, mm. but I would always go with uh, with maybe John Champion and uh, Ali McCoyst, or uh, you know, possibly uh, our own Sam Matterface and Ali McCoyst, rather than. Um, yeah. You know, it's the idea of having thing. a Scottish voice on an England game, I suppose. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. I think Alan used to, our own Alan Brazil used to be a bit uncomfortable about that at times doing England games. Um, yeah. So I think sometimes there's always that concern. Yes. Yeah, you know, it can be as a stick to beat you with as well. Yeah. I can't Andy has been slightly obsessed with Mark. Uh, uh, Mark Pugat and uh, Pugas, as we like to call him. <laughs> but um, Paul Harris has been in touch, Andy, and he said that uh, Joe Cole has just called him Pugs again. Pugs. So it seems he answers to Pugs, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to Pugas. But I'm sure yeah. he'll answer to both. Yeah, I think he sometimes answers to Poogie Poogie. When, uh, <laughs> when, when, I, when I got stuff on Five Live years ago, when he did the Five Live thing, mm. um, we used to call him Poogie Poogie, and he was quite happy with that. Poogie Poogie. I mean, Poogie this, Poogie. Is a third, this is a yeah. third option we know. Yeah. Well, he does, he does love his rugby. There's no doubt about that. Well, oh, <laughs> see, there you go. And I told he was you. right all along. Yeah. More yeah. than football, you think, Martin? Well, no. I, 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 he, and he's a, he's a good presenter. Yeah, no, I'd like, to, I'd like to know the, who the artist is who's doing the offside graphics. It takes him a bit of time to come up. The oh, it takes him about 20 minutes. Walk, but he does make sure that it backs up. The, I think it's Peter Walton. It makes it sure it backs up. <laughs> there was one today you thought, oh, that's definitely offside. And the graphic comes Looked offside. offside, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. He's clearly yeah. offside there. I know. that. that I mean, I suppose the most, um, the most baffling thing that VAR has come up with is that handball decision against uh, Uruguay. Yeah. Ridiculous. He put his hand down to stop him falling, and uh, that was a handball. And yet, uh, Jordan Ayew's uh, handball, blatant handball in the Ghana match, yeah. wasn't handball. Well, I think the rule is if you're, you're, you're it, it, it doesn't lead to them scoring the goal, and, and it's not deliberate. Mm. I think within the laws, it's not a handball. But I do know what you mean. One yeah. does feel like a handball, th- and one doesn't. Yeah, the, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you saw, uh, we had the first manager red carded today, or Paolo yes. Bento, of course, Paolo South Korea was going absolutely mad. And I did wonder that when he's involved in the, a game in the technical area, is that the Bento box? I think hey, it's a hey, 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 Come hey, on. Yeah. Oh, you're all week. If you're going to do that one, I'm going to do my Charles de Ketelera. Do your Charles de Ketelera material. <laughs> when he was young, he was coached by Graham Pohl on a Sunday morning. One week they were losing, I said, Holy put the De Ketelera on. <laughs> you just can't wait for his birthday for the first time. Yeah, just, just away from this, gents, finally. There was a story yes. a day. You know, we, we all have a nitwit survey that companies do. Oh, so yeah. we should salute the, the website Wish Locker because um, this is what it said in today's sun, just before we go. Steak and chips has topped a pole to find the final meal people want before they die. <laughs> it was chosen by 17% of those questioned, while 15% went for a roast dinner. Fish and chips was third, followed by a fry-up, a KFC bucket and a McDonald's, 
also made the top 10. And I, 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 I was drawn to this because somebody years ago bought me a book of death row meals, oh, final yeah. meals at people. I said, quite a macabre book. It's an odd, it says a lot about Is me. it like a recipe book? Yeah, <laughs> but no, but you can imagine, I'm sorry, I've become a bit Vicky Pollard there. But the, the odd thing about it was that the amount of people that went for the Colonel's Finest or went for a McDonald's, the last thing I want if the electric chair is just around the corner, <laughs> is fast food. I'm going for slow food. Yeah. Yeah. Bag of toffees. <laughs> I mean, it just, but the amount of people that did go for a, a I'll have a KFC bucket or a, a McDonald's yeah. before I shuffle well, off I suppose, with mortal coil. Yeah, I mean, you say that. Um, I suppose it's, these. you know how it's very popular to get thrice fried chips, you know, a, you know, a posh restaurant. It's yeah. thrice fried or double fried. If you're going to be, if you're going to go to the electric chair, you get that experience of the thrice fried, or at least double fried chips. So I want them cooked know. 36 times. Well, actually, yeah, no, there's still exactly. a bit. Can we go in for 37? I, I should just end by saying we say goodbye tomorrow to the host nation. They're going out and yes. uh, they'll be sadly missed, of course. And of course. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, that basically all those fans behind the goal are from Lebanon. They're, they're, yes. all being they're, they're led by a guy from Galatasaray, he's like the leader, and 1,500 Egyptians, all of them paid to be there. It's, it's What a great it football is. culture. It really it? is it, a beautiful it, game, isn't it? It is scandalous, but I am enjoying it, and I can't, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> England aren't going to win. I'm not going to watch England-Wales tomorrow. I'm wow. going to see a Girl from the North Country, which is on tour, you know, the uh, based on the Bob Dylan uh, song. Yeah. And um, I'm going to see that. And the only the only day it, it's touring Britain and it's on in Bradford. And the only day I go is a Tuesday. And I'd say, do I want to watch England sort of scuff the way through two 0 maybe against yeah. Wales? <laughs> Wales are a shocking team. I mean, they are it's still all one one written all over it. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So they don't want to see England struggle through, or do I want to see? Um, I do want to see a musical paying tribute to the greatest man in the history of popular music. Oh. I thought you were going to say then, Martin, I won't be watching England Wales. I'm going to focus on Iran versus the USA. <laughs> become such a football purist during this tournament. Yes. That, uh, yeah. You're more interested in that. But look, we'll let you go. Hopefully we'll catch up with you on another yeah, one of these when, or back in yeah. the studio in a week or so's time. Always delighted to do it now that I know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Martin, enjoy the show tomorrow night and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for joining us. Okay, though. cheers, boys. There we are, Martin Kellner, squad number nine, our man of sport on TV. We'll catch up with him again soon. Uh, let's look at the games tomorrow. Andy, you're so there's two at three o'clock and you can't watch them both at once unless you are <laughs> going to get two tellies, which I doubt. <laughs> and then you got two at seven o'clock. I kind of guess what you're going to watch at seven o'clock, Wales I, versus England. I'm going to watch Wales and England, but in the afternoon, one of the games is quite key, isn't it? Yeah. So I was looking I mean, at it earlier. It is Ecuador-Senegal, which yeah. uh, there's a lot to play for in that game. So that's yeah. the one I'm going to be watching. I'll keep a bit of an eye and watch the highlights. Yeah, I'll watch that. Holland-Qatar. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they're the three o'clock games on Tuesday. And then uh, wales England tomorrow night. We'll be pouring over that when we uh, reconvene on Tuesday evening for you. Uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening. Just a reminder, we, the Clips of the Week podcast is available. We did the fresh batch last Friday, so if you haven't heard that yet, we did do some clips, and we'll do a few more for you this Friday as well. Uh, but for now, thanks for listening. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.